Hello, hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to my mommy's podcast. Hello, hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to another episode of Wabi Sabi Wellness. My name is Jeanette, and I'm jazzed that you have joined me here today. Today's episode will be a conversation that I had with Olya Goffman, who you might know from her Instagram, Olya underscore Chicago, or from Oxygen Trips, a really dope company that she runs with her friend, which we will absolutely be getting into during this episode. On this episode, we talk about all of the things, including what it is to be an influencer, what you might not know about the industry, and her journey to the United States from Ukraine. I'm super excited for you all to listen to this episode, but before we get to the exciting stuff, let's go over the moon transits of the week, as well as the tarot card poll for the week. The first moon transit we're going to talk about started on Sunday, October 17th at 6.04 a.m. Central Time when the moon shifted into Scorpio. The moon will stay there until 2.37 p.m. Central on Tuesday, October 17th. While the moon is in Scorpio, we are really digging deep into things that we might have brushed into the rug for the rest of the month or earlier this month. This is the time for you to think deep and think about what's been on your heart and on your mind. Scorpio energy is also about passion, so it could be a great time for you to start a passion project or start doing something that you've wanted to do but just haven't found time to do so far. While the moon in Scorpio can feel a little heavy on us, we are treated to the moon in Sagittarius immediately after. So on Tuesday, October 17th at 2.37pm Central, the moon will shift to Sagittarius and stay there until 8.55pm Central on Thursday, October 19th. While the moon is here, say yes to adventures, say yes to a new restaurant, say yes to a social outing that maybe you would typically say no to, just say yes to things that you would normally maybe not do. This is the time that plans may not go according to plan, but that is a-okay. Trust the universe and you will get to a place you need to during this transit. Right after that transit, the moon will then shift into Capricorn. So on Thursday, October 19th at 8.55 p.m. Central, the moon will shift into Capricorn and stay there until 1.06 a.m. Central on Sunday, October 21st. After the spontaneity of the previous moon transit, we find ourselves feeling really grounded during the moon in Capricorn. We like to get back to the grind, we like to listen to our routines, and we really have our eyes on the prize. This is the time of the month where we are not looking for quick fixes, but we are looking for long-term solutions. I honestly love the energy of the moon in Capricorn. For the tarot card of the week, I have pulled the death card. And this is the card that when I am doing a reading for people, they are most scared of. Um, I think because they think that it means literal death, but it doesn't. Death is about transformation. And while we are in this eclipse season, we are undergoing major transformations. The thing is, though, that humans don't love change. So that change, that transformation can feel a little sticky. While we are in the eclipse portal, which is from October 14th till October 28th, we are feeling this weird like NyQuil fog over us. So now is not the greatest time to say yes to really big things, like selecting a home for yourself, maybe selecting a new job, but it is a time to really reflect and allow these changes to come into your life. With that being said, with this card that I have pulled for us this week, I want you to think about maybe where there does need to be changes in your life and maybe what is holding you back from making those changes. Okay, without further ado, let's get into today's conversation. Okay, guys, I am so excited. I have Olya here with me today, 
And I'm going to start off this interview the way I start off all of them. Who are you and what do you do? Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Olya. Um, it's hard to put myself into one bucket. So originally, I would say that I'm an immigrant from Ukraine. I came to the United States a little bit over seven years ago. And um, coincidentally, my immigration journey um, started together with my influencing um, journey. So I started sharing more content on my Instagram. Then I joined YouTube. Now I'm on TikTok. So um, I would say immigrant slash influencer slash content creator um, slash like stylist, a photographer, videographer, editor, and everything that comes uh, with it. But yeah, I think it's, it kind of sums up um, all the hats that I'm wearing currently. <laughs> I love it. It's a lot of hats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's chat about being an influencer. I think mm -hmm. that everyone thinks that it's just glamorous all the time. Um, but what is something we would be surprised to know about what that life is like? Uh, yeah, I think partly people glamorize it because we all see um, the final product. For example, if we're talking about collaboration with a brand, we all see just like one photo post, um, like a little bit of a caption, like a couple of words and so on. And it always seems like it's so easy, like this person spent like, 10 seconds and she received like X amount of money and it was just like a piece of cake. Um, and a lot of people, they like, um, they don't value, I would say, like all the work that is put in into one post. Cause for example, uh, one post uh, can take like three to six months in creation. So starting from the point that, for example, a brand reaches out to me, we go through the negotiation process, we sign the agreements, then I receive the product, then I send the draft for approval, then we do edits if it's necessary. So usually it takes like from one month up to six months and then sometimes you need to wait another six months to get paid <laughs> so it's a lot of like um hidden things that behind uh, that, that happen behind the scenes and um of course we all want to show that it's like it's easy and like i'm smiling all the time but a lot of work is um happening behind the scenes and like spending the time by the computer and i think they most uh, like challenging part for me is that you have to stay pretty much online 24 7 because you snooze you lose and they would say and for example if the brand is reaching out it's better to reply within 24 hours and for example as i've currently been traveling i might be like at the top of the mountain in hawaii and then i'm still like checking my emails just to make sure that not, nothing is on fire and like i'm catching up on everything that is happening um so yeah I hope so that it sounds like question. <laughs> it does. It's it's not like a normal nine to five where you close your computer and you stop thinking about it. You have to think about it pretty much constantly, right? Yeah, and I think that that's common for everybody that is self-employed. Um, I used to work like nine to five for pretty much like five years. I jumped to content creation and influencing full time like in two thousand twenty one. And while it gives you a lot of freedom, like I can work from any part of the world, it also comes with challenges that you have to stay in line, you have to be responsive. Um, like usually all the bad things happen and like all the edits are coming in when like the moment you live in Chicago, something is on fire and it needs your like constant attention. Um, but yeah, nine to five was definitely more um, relaxing in a way that 
my weekend, my vacation is my time only, especially when I'm like, I wasn't like a CEO or whatever, like at that higher uh, rank. And I was like just a um, regular office um, person so to say so like I could easily like shut down my computer and enjoy my time off and I didn't have to think about work till the moment like I came back to the office and opened the computer but with influencing like I am responsible for my income I'm responsible for sourcing the project for making the deals happen and all that stuff so I have to be alert and on all the time yeah thank you (laughs) <laughs> I, I think that a lot of people don't realize that and they think it's just this business of they send me stuff and I take a picture of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, how did you find your way to influencing? And I guess my question is, can you talk about your path? So you mentioned before you used to work in an office 10 years ago. Would you have thought that this is where you would be now? Oh, absolutely not. Like when I was, uh, my mom always raised me that only an office job is a secure job that I have to have. So it kind of gave me like a false, um, Im- I don't know, like image that I cannot be like fired unless like I make a huge mistake and all that stuff. And I truly believed it till COVID happened. And then I remember like one time I log into my computer and like I start my work um, on Zoom. We were, we were already, I think it like the lockdown started. And one day, like all the HR people join and they're like, oh, by the way, you're on furlough until further notice. And like, it was just like in a second. And like, even right now I'm talking, I have goosebumps because it was such a like surprising understanding that like, I can be employed, but then I can be let go in a minute. And like, I did not have anything like on backup plan. And then I decided that it was like kind of like a push from the universe that I need like to explore more opportunities when uh, my income and like my, um, so to say, profession is in my hands. And that kind of pushed me towards like content creation and influencing more. Um, Then eventually I returned to the office, but then I think I quit in like six months or so, just because I was feeling so much more like fulfilling and and free when i was doing what i wanted to do and like i was able to pick up my projects to the level that i had my salary so i felt more confident that okay i can let go of my office work and like do um like something in the wild and be my own boss yeah i love it i think that our parents generation has this like false sense of security when it comes to like being employed when really you're in a much more secure place when you're self-employed because you can control multiple income streams and it's not just this one place where you're relying on them to keep you i i I definitely think that it has like its ups and downs so for example like my self-employed work can also have like a little bit of hiccups for example when the low season starts i might not be like as uh, lucrative of a job as it might be like in the high season but it also teaches you like to be more responsible more smart and um like basically sky's the limit and the more i want to work the the more i can work and it was the most like motivating thing for me because at the office there were like certain ceilings that you can hit and like it's hard to go about that so it was like really limiting for me when I was staying in the office that makes a lot of sense um okay so your videos and the photos that you post are just beautiful like they're so they're so aesthetic I I (laughs) love your feed so much 
So for people who are sitting here saying, I want to create content, what tips do you have? What equipment did you use when you just started doing this all? Uh, I would say the biggest advice I can give is be genuine, be you. And I think that no matter, no matter what equipment you buy, people will always follow a person that is being genuine and true to yourself. Um, Cause like, I can have like the most like awesome cameras. I can create like amazing content and like drones, like, I don't know, the cameras, like I can spend thousands of dollars, but if it feels fake to the audience, it's not gonna like, it, it. people will not be like relating to it. And I think right now in the social media, there is like this shift when people are less focused on like polished, glamorized ideal picture they want to see true people and like they want to see like true storytelling people sharing like not only their successes and like all the amazing stories and so on but they also want to like feel related like to some struggles to like some frustrations and all that stuff so i think that was partly a secret like to my success because my blog started basically of me kind of whining about how hard uh, immigration is. <laughs> I didn't have money for therapy back then. And I kind of like channeled all my like psychological struggles into like the social media, into Instagram. It, it might not be as wise, but like it really worked because I managed to gather a huge community of like-minded immigrants who were kind of sick and tired of that ideal American dream immigration because when you move to a different country, nobody wants to show like the reality that I'm struggling, that I don't have like money to buy a car, that I'm like commuted on three buses, that I'm sleeping like three hours. Everybody wants to show that I'm successful, like I did the right choice. I moved to another country. Look, people, I'm thriving and so on. So I went the different route and I was like, this is hard. Like insurance, health insurance is a scam. Like it's so expensive. I'm like traveling on three buses. I'm miserable. It's so hard. And like it was kind of like whining as I realize right now. But like it it allowed me to gather people around myself that were going through the same struggles and they felt hurt and they felt not alone and they could relate to me. And um, yeah, I think this is the most important when people decide like to start content creation, um, like just find your like specific uniqueness like how you see don't don't compare yourself to others because this is the worst thing you can do on social media because everybody's unique and this is your strength just like showing who you are and um yeah if you want like to create i don't know like short videos or you want to create more photos you should definitely do that and i think that people eventually will feel that it's genuine and they're gonna follow you yeah, I love it. One thing that I love is your stories. Your stories are always so funny. Um, <laughs> and I love that you show the real side of thing. And I think that you're super right that people are looking for authenticity. Like we know about Photoshop and filters and all that, but we want to see life, you know, we're nosy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I you. Love it. <laughs> Um, so on top of what you do on your own, you also have oxygen trips with Oya or O2, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, can you talk about where this idea came from? You recently came back from a trip and what does that, like, what do people, what can people expect from a trip with you guys? 
Uh, yeah, so I would start with a, a little bit of background history. So I would say till last summer, I was the kind of girl that said that travel can only like be possible only with your significant other. That was kind of like my mindset. And I was always traveling like either with my boyfriend or then with my husband. And it just like, I said my mind that I need to travel only with my significant other, like to have an experience and all that stuff. And then my friend invited me with her sister to Tulum and it was a girl's trip for seven days. And I haven't seen her probably in like five years. I'm like, yeah, I definitely should do that. My husband is like, yeah, go, you're going to have fun. I was a little bit anxious because it was a different like scenario and like environment for me, but we had so much fun and it made me realize that girls like solely girls traveling this is such a different vibe and it's so unique and you get to experience even the same country that you might have visited before but you get to experience like so differently and all the like all those like girl talks like in the evening with a glass of wine and all so on. it was so fun and then uh, with Olga, it was so random. Like one day she posted, I think it was December or something. She posted on her stories like, oh my God, I found like um, tickets to Barcelona for three, $340 or something like round trip. I'm like, and I saw it and I'm like, let's go. And she's like, are you for real? Cause I'm going to go. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. So, so we booked it like right away and we spent like a week uh, in Europe and we're both crazy about content and like making the insta worthy picture and also all this stuff and i know that my husband although he's an amazing instagram husband and he takes a lot of photos for me but he can get irritated by it especially when we're traveling i'm like oh i need the perfect shot like oh i have like three chains here or like something else and when you're traveling like with the girl that gets you <laughs> the same as you are and like yeah we need to get the shot we were wearing i think like three coats because we needed to change outfits and it was like so fun and i think we were sitting in some cafe in uh paris or Barcelona. i don't even remember and we're like let's do girls trip let's do girls trip that do content that take photos that like get together that find like-minded girls that want to make the trip get out of the group chat and finally go somewhere because i know like we all have friends that are like oh yeah we should definitely do something we should like go there and go there like travel to europe and then it never happens because life happens and everybody's busy and it's so hard sometimes like together that group of girls and like go somewhere like actually go somewhere so we decided to start oxygen trips uh why oxygen because we're two olgas o2 so <laughs> it was our brilliant idea to name it that um and i think we've been over like what five trips now and it's been like such an amazing experience i'll be like challenging because it's like a completely completely new sphere for us but it was so fun like meeting all the girls and seeing them bonded i often joke to olia that we're like two moms they're like oh our kids are bonding they're making friendships it's just like so exhilarating that you like you see girls like finding like common interests and they like hang out later after the trips and it just i have goosebumps again <laughs> but yeah it was so great and we recently came from hawaii and it was amazing because we get to share how we see travel how we experience like for example the island we saw a lot of stuff we took a lot of photos and it was so awesome so yeah hopefully we're gonna grow oh sorry I'm just, sorry husband 
Um, yeah, so that's how it started. And we have a lot of plans um, for the next year. Hopefully we go go and go outside of the United States. We have so much stuff planned, uh, but it takes a lot of time and efforts, but we slowly get in there. <laughs> I love it. And I so agree with you. Like I love traveling with my husband, but girl trips are magic because when you're going out with your girlfriends, you usually have two or three hours and you know, you always leave feeling like I didn't get to say enough. I didn't get to tell all my stories. We didn't do as much as we wanted to. So girls trips for me are always like, um, a reminder of college, right? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. all those late yeah. nights. Yeah. Um, so I love that. And I love that you guys are making that possible. I think one Thank question you. I have, if people are interested in taking a trip with you all, do most mm -hmm. people come knowing someone else or do they come not knowing anyone? I would say right now we have 50-50. So uh, from the previous trips, we had a lot of people who've been following me for years. So like logically, a lot of my followers are joining. Um, some of them know each other because a lot of them come from Chicago and Chicago and Ukrainian community inside Chicago is rather small. Everybody knows everybody. But mostly I would say that like, People are going like solo and just like open-minded and meeting new people. Um, we had a couple of girls like flying from the East Coast, North Carolina, um, New Jersey, New York. So it was like a huge success for us because we're like, oh, we're expanding from Chicago. This is something new happening. So we're taking baby steps, but we're like celebrating every small step because this is so huge. And I think that um, we have the right mindset and we know where we want to be and um we just keep growing bit by bit <laughs> i love that so much for you guys um thank you so if somebody was listening and was nervous about going because they didn't know anyone else what would you say to them um don't be nervous because a lot of girls didn't know each other we usually create like a chat one week before um the trip itself so that the girls can know each other at least like from the social profiles on instagram and so on but um i wouldn't say like we didn't have any trouble of girls like meeting each other and like getting well together because i think that fingers crossed we're lucky and um the girls that are like similar to us and like passionate about travel about like instagram about like um taking content and photos and we attract those girls and like everybody is so like well bonding together so we did not have any struggles at all usually girls uh meet already at the airport if they're flying on connecting flies and so on so when we get to meet them for example at the airport they're already like in groups and talking and sharing like some stories so we're like oh yay so yeah and we get we do a lot of like bonding um like experiences for example we always do like the welcome dinner on the first night uh, we try to um create like a little bit of mementos for example for the uh hawaii we had the bucket hats and like the flowers so we gave them to the girls and just like everybody shared a little bit about themselves and yeah and by by the end of the trip like we did not even have like five seconds to um, add some common, like me and Olga did not have a second to add because the girls were just like constantly talking like their best friends we were like, yay, this is like the, the best success that we can have. <laughs> I love it. Um, I've also met you and Olga in person and you guys are just so warm and welcoming. And so I completely understand why you guys feel like mamas of this group. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. I'm blushing. <laughs> So let's switch uh, topic. So you're originally from Ukraine. What yeah. made you decide to move here? 
Uh, that's another funny story. So I was following a girl that I knew on Instagram and she posted like a story by the um, US embassy in Ukraine that her visa was approved and like, oh, congratulations, you're coming to United States and so on. Like what happened? She's yeah, I want the green card. And I'm like, what is green card? I always knew that I wanted like to immigrate to Europe, but like somewhere closer like to Ukraine. I never thought about immigrating to the United States, but this girl I knew, she shared more information about the green card, which is basically a lottery every year. Um, United States are allocating, I think up to 50,000 visas um, like to people of Ukraine. It was before war of course mm -hmm. so it was completely different um scenario but they were given like a uh, permanent resident visas uh, to people just like to diversify population in the united states you had to qualify you had to have uh, education go through the vigorous like selection process um and so on so that's how i learned about it from her and i decided to apply it was just like a short questionnaire. You added your information, uh, education, and so on. And I completely forgot about it. <laughs> and you have to wait, I think, like nine months or 10 months for like to check the application status. I even got a CAD during the time. I was just like living in the moment. And then I get a notification on my phone that I need to check my application. And I checked my application. And it was like you were selected. And the chances to be selected were one, two, 85,000 people so like I was one in 85,000 people who won like it was crazy and like I'm like what I have to do like what do I do now like I have life back in Ukraine um so basically I had like half a year to wrap everything up that I had um I sold almost all my stuff I packed my life into suitcases I grabbed my cat and I decided to move to the United States because I, I knew like absolutely nothing about the United States. Only I knew what were like some stereotypes from the Hollywood movies and so on. And I kind of imagined it to be like LA or New York. And then I remember my friend picking me up at O'Hare and she was living, I think, in Prospect Heights. I'm like, where are the sky rises? Like, I don't see any tall buildings. Like, where are you taking me? Where's Chicago? Like, what is going on? So yeah, it was it was a wild ride, but I'm so happy that I trusted my intuition and I took the chance. It was a crazy jump, but it definitely worked out for the best. And yeah, that's how I came to the United States. <laughs> I love it. So did you get to pick Chicago or do they kind of just tell you where to go? Uh, no, actually, you get to pick any state that you want to go, but the um, condition that you have is you need to include your uh, U.S. address at the moment of like applying for the visa. And it's basically like almost a year till you touch down in the country and you need to know where you will be in one year in the United States. So that's how the friend that won the green card that I learned from her, um, she was living in Chicago and she could so generously provided me with her address and she picked me up and she helped me. So that's why it was Chicago because Literally, she was the only person that I knew in the United States. I'm like, thank you so much for helping me because it would be so hard without her. Absolutely. Um, what a like kismet story though to get here that way. Yeah. <laughs> what is one thing you miss the most about home? Food. <laughs> I constantly say that um, on my Instagram and when we traveled to Europe, it was the one thing that Olga and I indulged in. We were just like constantly eating our way through Europe. Um, 
I have love and hate relationship with American food. I'm still like not a huge fan of like burgers and all that stuff. Um, and I kind of lack the quality of like um, the food that we had back in Ukraine because mostly all the food is grown like locally. We have a lot of like farmers and I think it's like less chemically supported than here. And like, I just, I still remember like the, the flavor of like tomatoes or potatoes. It was like completely different as <laughs> here. And it's been like years. I haven't been to Ukraine in like seven years, but I still like, even right now, I'm like, <laughs> I still can remember it. Uh, yeah. And here I've been looking for like all the farm best market, but it does not hit the spot as it was back in Ukraine. That is so funny because my husband, <laughs> he's also from Ukraine. He yeah. talks at least once a week about how much better tomatoes in Ukraine are. <laughs> I feel him. <laughs> yeah. He's like, the, the tomatoes and the cucumbers are just so much more delicious there. And he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is one thing that surprised you the most about the U.S. and living here? Oh, I would say there are a lot of things, um, but the biggest like surprise slash, slash disappointment was the healthcare system. I partially blame it on um, like I used to work as a receptionist at a medical office and it was like one of my first jobs in the United States and it was like super challenging and uh, both like from a language barrier and like psychologically because i was dealing with a lot of like angry patients patient in, in pain and like uh, all the insurances and all that stuff and i kind of had like that fake imagination of the healthcare system as like in uh, dr house or like Grey's anatomy when like everybody's here to save you you don't need to worry about the money and then i see like people coming with like deductibles who spend like thousands of dollars in their insurance and then they need to spend another ten thousands of dollars for the deductibles i'm like this doesn't make sense and like it was so challenging um and disappointing because i definitely like imagine it completely different healthcare is kind of free in ukraine it's it's generally free but there are a lot of like private clinics and usually it is affordable like you can spend like i don't know like $10 you can get seen by the doctor like the private doctor who's going to be like all over you and here you get to see a doctor for one minute and he's like yeah okay whatever like once your situation like gets worse then come back if not then it's okay so it was a lot of like disappointment for me but partly because probably had all the pink i don't know dreams about it and like i imagine it like from the movies which is definitely a very bad um, approach <laughs> to the healthcare system in america but i'm, I'm still struggling because i don't know like i i think for the first two years i did not have uh health insurance because i could not afford it and then i could afford it and then i still hope that i don't have to use it because i'm scared of all the bad medical bills and like I've heard so many bad stories so yeah probably healthcare <laughs> yeah it's I think that's the number one thing that people who are either not born here or who live out of the country are like this doesn't make sense here <laughs> yeah yeah unfortunately <laughs> I remember I went to Israel for a summer and I had to get like a cavity filled and the U.S. it's like mm -hmm. a a thousand dollars or something i don't know yeah. five hundred a thousand dollars and i paid seven dollars in israel and i was like yeah. and i don't even have insurance here it's it's wild um yeah 
yeah, we, we even have like healthcare tourism back to Ukraine because like all my dentist issues, I'm like, I'm going to collect them and then I'm going to go to Ukraine and fix like my whole mouth. Like whatever you see, you do it. I did the same before immigration. I think I spent like, I don't know, maybe a thousand dollars, but I had like, I don't know, maybe 20 fillings or whatever. Like it, it was a lot of work. I'm like, I'm moving to the United States. Healthcare there is expensive. So fix everything that you see. It's like, okay, I got it. So it was, yeah. And I still know that people are going back there um, just like to, to do all the health stuff. It was actually Olga who traveled there. She had a knee surgery there. It was also much more affordable back in Ukraine than to do it here, even though she had insurance. Um, yeah, so she even like, it's cheaper to buy the ticket, flew there and like do all the stuff and come back. And it's still much more affordable than do it in the United States with insurance, unfortunately. Yeah, which is unfortunate, but also an excuse to take a trip. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever works. <laughs> um, yeah. Your answer is a lot more thoughtful or heartfelt. My husband is always complaining about how Americans use toilet paper and it's disgusting. <laughs> what? <laughs> Versus like bidets. Uh, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this is we such a random thought. Like <laughs> We have this like running joke where like we have a daughter and whenever I do something that's like very American and he looks down and he's like, oh, that's like your trash American mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, husband and wife love. This is like unique. Yes, <laughs> so speaking of love, you and Dima are the cutest couple and I think we all love a good love story. So how did you two meet and what was the moment you knew he was the one? um okay so i will start with the backstory here again so when i moved to the united states i moved with my ex-husband so he was my boyfriend at the time in ukraine and when i won the green card we decided to get married and like immigrate together uh because he used to travel to the united states and work and travel so he was familiar with the country and i'm like oh it's better like to go together and it's going to be easier than to go by my own plus we like we had real relationship we were together for four years uh, we just didn't get to marry before I want the green card. It's really frowned upon because like a lot of like fake marriages are happening because of like, like the green card and all this stuff. But it worked out. It went through. And then we came to the United States and uh, it was a complete disaster. Like he it was so reluctant like to do anything. He lacked motivation. He didn't work. And I was the only one like providing for the family. And it was horrible. So we decided to break up. And he moved back to Ukraine and I decided to stay here. And uh, I think in half a year, I got a message from Dima on Instagram, like, hey, how are you? And I opened his profile and he was like such a player. He had like a red sporty BMW, all this like photos, like, oh, I'm so handsome. I'm like, oh, this guy's trouble. Like, I don't need trouble. I have enough trouble in my life. Like, I have a lot of issues. Like, I don't need this. And like I reply something and then we stop talking. And then he reached out, I think again in a month or so. Um, and it was my birthday and I was in really dark place because I just moved um, to my first studio. I was super happy about it. It was the first studio that I managed to rent on my own. It was, the, the window was facing a wall. Like it was completely horrible. I spent, I think 800 per month in Edgewater. And like I had to, spend all my savings everything like my like safety pillow that i was keeping like 
in case of emergency to get a flight and go back home. So I spent everything to rent the studio. And I remember I was sitting like on the empty studio floor, like I had absolutely nothing kept by my side. I'm like, what the heck I'm doing? <laughs> like, I'm 27 at that time. And like people my age are getting like families, cars, apartments, they're like getting their career and all this stuff. And like, I immigrated, I started my life from scratch. I have no husband, I have like nowhere to go and all this stuff. And then Dima messages me like, let's go for coffee. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever, let's go. So like nothing, like even worse can happen. So, okay, let's go. So we come to the coffee, like he was super like a gentleman. He opened the door, all the stuff. We came, I think like to Starbucks location near Montrose beach. And like, we're about to get coffee. And it's like, oh, I forgot my wallet. I'm like, oh my God, I'm such a poor immigrant. Like you came here on a car and I need to buy you coffee. And then he started like joking that he's Jewish. Like I'm so, of course, like a Jew without the wallet, of course. So I bought him coffee. We went like, somehow the conversation clicked right, right away. And we started talking like we were friends for long years. I have no idea how it happened, but it, it felt so easy and natural to talk to him. And um, we started talking and then I think we got on another date in a week or so. And I think in three or four weeks from then, he moved in like into my uh, studio. He brought like his mattress. I'm like, yeah, you have a mattress now. <laughs> <laughs> so we moved in together and I think in another two months we got a dog and it just like it went like so fast but it felt so right I don't even know like when was the exact moment that I felt like oh this is my person I just felt like so at home with him and it was like such a great feeling because I was all alone on the whole like continent on the whole like semisphere and I'm like this person like felt so right. So I knew that like, if I would be like judging it as a third person, like, oh, this went like way too fast. Like this is a red flag and so on, but it felt right. It worked out and um, yeah, here we are. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. It's like everything that felt not good or all the bad things that happened or, you know, happened yeah. so you could meet him and so you can get to the place that you are now. And it just all makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. love it. <laughs> Thank I'm you. I'm curious what he would say if I had asked him the same question. <laughs> oh yeah, he he would have a lot to say, like how handsome he was, how gentleman he was, and all that stuff, and that he wasn't a player and so on. But yeah, <laughs> he doesn't have a I word here. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys from the same area in Ukraine? Um, yes and no. We're from the western part of Ukraine, but we're from different cities. It would have been really funny if you guys were like from the same town and you guys didn't know each other and just like connected here in the middle of Chicago. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that would be. But even like even like this, it's like so surreal that we're both like he came to the United States, I think like twelve years ago. He started like mm -hmm. in Nebraska, then he moved to Chicago. It's just like so weird to think that we all like we both came from Ukraine and somehow we ended up in Chicago and somehow we ended up on like Instagram and he found me and then we met and here we are with two dogs and a cat. <laughs> so, yeah. I love it. It worked, worked out. Yeah. Thank you. It's like a Hallmark movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So I, when I was doing research for this episode and the questions, I laughed so hard when I saw that you have your class C license. Why, why do you have that? 
Oh, uh, because I'm married to a truck driver and uh, like our internal joke is that he's Jewish and he didn't want to pay a driver. So he forced his wife to get a license <laughs> to drive for him <laughs> because it's much cheaper labor. Um, but it actually, like when we started our business in 2019, um, he used to work like for a company and then we decided we should do it on our own and like get our own trucks and work for ourselves. And um, eventually, like the goal was for him to stay more at home uh, because usually I would stay all alone, like from Monday to Friday. And it, it's such a tough job with, with all the like truck drivers, even like both for the drivers and for their families, for, for kids and all that stuff. So um, we decided to start our company and then COVID hit and it did not go as planned. So we were like, we had a lot of like credit to pay for. Uh, we need to pay for the truck. We need to pay for the trailer. And um, we decided to work as a couple. So which basically means that you were like driving 24 seven, 12 drivers, he's driving 12 hours, he's driving and 12 hours I'm driving while he's sleeping in the back. Um, so that that's what we were doing. And that's how I got my license. Um, it was funny because on Instagram, there was a gossip that like, I'm a gold digger and I married for money. And here I am like standing with the engine oil in the middle of like Nebraska <laughs> with the trucks. I'm like, Ooh, somewhere it went like really south. It didn't go. <laughs> like, this is not gold digging. <laughs> Something went definitely wrong. Um, yeah, so we were working like that, I think, like for half a year. So we managed like to gather a little bit of money and like um, pay all the credits a little bit. And then we got the second truck and then we hired a driver. So it was a little bit easier. Uh, but basically, I got the license just like to support and like cover all the bases. So yeah. you do what you have to do to survive. And uh, even when you have everything planned, life happens. Um, and yeah, that's how I ended up with a license. <laughs> I love it. Um, is he still driving? Uh, no, thankfully not right now, but, um, we already like have drivers and stuff, but, uh, still like from time to time he has to hit the road. For example, if some drivers take a vacation or like if we need to do any repairs and all this stuff. So it's still a really hands-on approach. And I think it, it will be with this business, like forever because it's really hard like to um coordinate it from a distance you really need to be uh, on this on the side heads on and all that stuff so sometimes he's still driving cool um that's not the story i was expecting i don't know what i was expecting but i thought you were gonna say like <laughs> oh like it was for fun or like i needed to do it for a brand partnership or <laughs> oh, no no no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Yeah, that's really it's, awesome, it's more though. trivial there's, than that yeah there's so few women i think who have that license so that's like really cool <laughs> yeah it is and it always like amazes me when you see like really huge eyes of men that see you live in a truck on the like truck stop and they're like this tiny woman is driving that and like it's i love it like it's my absolute like favorite feeling seeing how they're like so surprised and like yeah I can do that <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much um yeah. okay so looking at your astrology chart you have what we call have you had your astrology read before uh I don't I don't think so like 
I, I've heard like um, I, I think I had like a numerology or something like just the person adding the numbers in my date and months and they mm -hmm. just like extract I think some uh, digits and like basing like their um, like predictions on that but like not deep astrology reading. Okay, cool. So when I was looking at your chart, something that I noticed, so you are a sun Pisces, but you mm -hmm. have a stellium in Virgo and Capricorn. And that means you have more than three planets in each of those signs. Um, so you feel that energy a lot. And it mm -hmm. talking to you, it makes a lot of sense because Virgo <laughs> and Capricorns are very hardworking. They have a lot of attention to detail. They're like exactly what you said, like you do what you have to do to get by, right? very mm -hmm. analytical. So my question for you is, do you feel like a Pisces or after explaining this Virgo Capricorn, does that make more sense for you? It definitely makes more sense because I know like a lot of my friends are Pisces as well and they're like completely different for me. And I, I think like uh, I heard like some news that they're like moving the zodiac signs and adding another one and like some signs are being shifted or something like that. I, I saw it somewhere on Instagram. And I think like I was born on 16th of March and I was super close to the next sign. I forgot what was it. I don't remember. After Pisces, what kind of after Pisces? Uh, Aries. Aries. Um, I had a brain fart. So yeah, uh, <laughs> usually I associated that because I was born like so late. I'm more like associated with Aries. But all my friends who are Pisces, they're like so emotional and like so... I don't know, melancholical and like all this stuff. It's completely not me. I'm like more like, like everything's on fire. And like I need to do something. So it definitely explains a lot. And I definitely relate to that. And I wish they would like teach us that in school so that you realize who you are. <laughs> like It would be so beneficial to find yourself in life. Yeah, for sure. Um, the one thing, though, that I think so Pisces is definitely it's a water sign, but Pisces is also um, it's the last sign of the zodiac. So it's very wise. It it's very intuitive. And from hearing your story, like you are where you are because you listened to your gut and mm -hmm. you like took a chance and you like trusted yourself. So that's where that Pisces energy would come in, I would think. <laughs> yeah, like when you look back, it definitely makes sense. But when you're in the moment, I'm like, is this crazy? Like, should I do that? Should, should I not? But then I analyze all the like crazy jumps that I took in, in my life previously and it all worked out. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, let's go. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I want to talk about fashion for a second. So mm -hmm. your outfits are like always on points. Um, what advice do you have for someone who's trying to find their style when it comes to fashion how did you get to a place where you feel so confident and you know what you like um that's a loaded question and um recently i had like a wardrobe selection session with a stylist and i was so surprised to hear from her that she said you have your style figured out like you know like your body what works great what you should focus on what you should like and I mean, and all this time, I'm like, oh, really? I do. Like, I was so surprised that, like, my wardrobe is actually, like, somehow organized. Because to me, it's, like, complete chaos. And um, I come, like, from a very poor family. And we used to buy, like, I don't know, one pants per year, one blouse per year. I would be wearing, like, stuff from my um, other siblings, relatives, and all that stuff. So 
when I uh, got older and I managed like to secure like some income, I went crazy. I was like on a shopping spree, like shopping and clothes were bringing me so much joy because I was like feeding my inner child that was always like left out on all that stuff. And um, I think there was a time when it blew out so of proportion that I started thinking, okay, I need like to figure out what works, what doesn't work. Because I remember I had like my uh, turquoise phase, I call it. So I love uh, like Tiffany, the Tiffany color. And I, I literally bought everything that I could see in that color. And like, I ended up with a completely that like turquoise wardrobe that was not matching because it was like all different shades of turquoise. And I'm like, this is horrible. <laughs> like This is not working. <laughs> and I think like by the process of elimination and just like, pampering my child and like if I want to like some crazy skirt okay go for it then it's gonna stay in my wardrobe I might be wearing it might be not then I'm gonna like resell it or whatever and I think by by this process just like intuitively like going for it trying I, I was able like to select what really works for me and just like focusing on that stuff for example like I love all the ruffles like dresses I feel really powerful I love like suits it just like gives me so much energy and like confidence that I can do much more than they than I think um, when it comes to people and them finding their styles um, I would think I, I would definitely recommend to focus less on trends because you can go down the rabbit hole when you try and like oh, we all need to be wearing like, I don't know, turtlenecks and everybody's like all the same. And we have a wave of all the influencers where you're like wearing turtlenecks and all this stuff or like low cut jeans or like something else. And while it, it can be like really trendy in the moment, you lose yourself because you're like following something that somebody else said. And for example, I would never wear like lowest jeans because it will cut my figure. Like it's not going to be like really flattering my figure. Um, so I would say definitely like focus on what makes you feel like powerful and confident when you're like, for example, you're wearing something you're like, Ooh, this feels good. Like I like you like expand your shoulders and you're like, okay, let's go. So definitely do that. And, um, I would say like for the beginning, maybe like try doing less color, just like focusing on more neutrals because it really worked great for me. Just makes a match when you like don't have a lot of budget like to spend for a capsule wardrobe and buy it, for example, 20 pieces. It would be great like to buy like some staple items and then mix and match them with everything else. Um, and yeah, of course, like quality over quantity, but it took me a couple of years to, to get there. Because first I was like, forever 21, let's go. This dress is $10. And then it would be like completely horrible after the first uh, laundry. So I think we all go through that phase. But yeah, I think it's the 33-year-old female talking in me that it's much better to buy one cashmere sweater that's going to last you forever than like five polyester ones. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure that if you listen to yourself, you will get there and find the clothes that make you feel yourself. I love that. I love it so much. And I love how you talked about like mothering yourself and mothering your like inner child and spoiling her. And yeah, I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, I think there's a lot of power in saying what you want out loud. So what do you hope for Olya in five years from now? Where do you want to see yourself? Uh, <laughs> um, 
it's a hard question and i remember preparing for it when i was looking for an office job and everybody asked you like where do you see yourself in five years in this company I'm like oh like i have no idea where i'm gonna be in a year and i definitely would never have imagined where i would be right now five years ago um so in five years i hope i will be prioritizing my life my family and my um like free time more because right now i'm more in like crazy frenzy working mode and um i want to catch up on all the projects and so on so hopefully with time i would be more successful in prioritizing what works best and what's not and with valuing myself and like um right now i'm really struggling with like uh putting a price for example on my services and just like sharing my rate card and all that stuff i partly blame it on my like poor childhood so to say because like i was not um raised in a way that would i don't know like um i don't even know how to say like i was always taught to be humble and when you come to the real world humblest hum, being humble is nice but when you know your worth is so much nicer <laughs> because people will walk over you and nobody's gonna say thank you and they will just move on so i'm still like learning to like say no sometimes to stand my ground and like you my value and my uh worth so hopefully in five years i will get better at this and i will have like more boundaries and so on um and yeah i don't know what else I would dream about a house and beach as well, but years <laughs> is gonna happen. I hope it does too. You deserve it. <laughs> Thank you. I love that so much. Okay, last question before I ask some five quick ones. Where can people find you online, and what events do you guys have coming up? If any that you can promote. Uh yeah. So right now I'm available on three platforms: it's Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. YouTube uh, for now is completely Ukrainian. Um, so like I'm talking only Ukrainian there, but I'm planning to shift more to English. Um, eventually, TikTok and Instagram is English based. So it's Olya underscore Chicago. Uh, in terms of oxygen trips, we have a next trip already completely sold out, which was like such a amazing feeling because we just announced it in I think in like three days. It was completely sold out, even though it was like over a month ahead. Uh, I just love this destination so much. We're going to Oregon and uh, I love all the like West Coast greenery, waterfalls, ocean, all that stuff. And the next one we have is um, end of November to Florida. We just wanted to do um, like a quick uh, girls getaway, like to warm, uh, sunny destination, just like to hang out. We rented out a gorgeous house uh, with a heated pool. And I think we all will need that like sun and heated pool uh, at the end of November. Um, I think for the December, January, we're gonna take a little bit of holiday break because a lot of people are focused on like gifts buying and all that stuff. So like nobody's ready to plan any trips. And then next year we hope to resume with our trips and maybe expand to Europe and uh, go somewhere in Europe. Um, yeah. And I think, oh, and another one, I think we were planning like a Friendsgiving, um, but we still don't have any details yet, but make sure to follow oxygen underscore trips for more updates. <laughs> That's super exciting. I will definitely try to get to that Friendsgiving one though. That sounds super fun. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. So last five quick questions. What is your favorite Chicago restaurant? 
Oh, there are so many. Um, lately, I would say it's Bambola. It's in West Loop. It's one of the new restaurants. It offers like Mediterranean uh, plates and that they are so delicious and also affordable. So it's not like crazy expensive and like the interior, the food, everything is amazing there. Love it. Um, what's the best vacation you've ever been on? Um, I would say the one that I just came back from and why it was in Kauai, uh, like we finished our ghost trip for five days on Big Island. And then my husband and I and Olga, we moved to Kauai. Um, it was my fourth Hawaiian island and it turned out to be my favorite. And it was probably the first time in many years I did not want to leave and I was ready to cry at the airport. And it was like, there was a sign like, uh we like hope to see you soon or something like that come again and i'm like i literally had tears in my eyes i'm like i'm so not ready to leave this island so it was just so relaxing like the island vibe and and the chill and somehow it allowed me even like not to check my phone for four days i definitely regret it right now because i'm so slammed with inbox <laughs> and all this stuff but it was so blissful in the moment and and i definitely managed like to um turn off like my anxiety and all the like mainland issues and i was just like staying on the island eating pocket enjoying the ocean and doing nothing it, it was it was gorgeous <laughs> i hope it lasted more than four days though <laughs> i love that hopefully that house in five years on the beach is in Kauai. <laughs> oh fingers crossed <laughs> you're free to visit anytime <laughs> it's funny because the islands all have such a different vibe like oahu i i was born on oahu and oahu is such a like it's just like a city you know it's yes yeah. but then you get yeah. out to like Kauai and you get out to like Maui and you're like oh this is like slowing down yes yeah that's why like I was a little bit like prejudiced about Oahu because it felt like we went to of course we stayed on Waikiki I think everybody stays on Waikiki mm -hmm. and it just felt like I went to Miami like I I didn't feel like any difference like it felt still like you're on the mainland because like it's it's such a developed um island of course it's beautiful like we went to the jungle and all the stuff it was gorgeous but like for that like genuine island feel I think Maui and Kauai are the best destinations and Big Island was um really exciting with all the adventures that we had there like seeing like active volcano or like going to Mauna Kea we're like oh my god like is this like it felt like you were on a different planet and I was so surprised that all islands are so different it just like blew my mind because I was expecting a little bit of like similar vibe but they're so different yeah so different um but yeah what is your favorite beverage right now uh kombucha <laughs> I think um we started drinking kombucha with my husband and i felt like we we're two old people he's like does it feel uh, does it help your stomach like feel better i'm like yeah i like it <laughs> it was so, so hilarious we were like on the sofa like yeah i like kombucha i like kombucha too <laughs> it was so funny but yeah with age you slowly transfer like from beer and wine to like kombucha and green tea and all that stuff <laughs> Something that I was really surprised by was when I was in Ukraine, um, how much kombucha you could find there. Um, it was, um, I don't even remember like seeing kombucha on the shelves when I was in Ukraine. It was mm -hmm. in 2016. Maybe I was not like purposefully looking for it, but I remember <laughs> that our like um, parents and grandparents, they were making like house kombucha. Kavas. 
yeah um not like quads they had like um it, it was a horrifying experience because it was like it was looking so gross that it had like a mushroom bacteria or whatever like growing inside like on the top food. yeah yes and they would like simmer through it and then you would drink it and it was like bubbly and all that stuff i don't think it's like completely class but it's like kind of something similar i think it's kind of kombucha but like more wild i would say but i remember like seeing that like huge bottle on, on the table and mom would be like yeah drink this i'm like no way i'm gonna drink this and then fast forward a couple of years i'm paying like five dollars per bottle I'm like oh kombucha is so good <laughs> that's so funny yeah. um what's the last really good book you read Ooh, um, I would say uh, Midnight Library, but I don't remember the author. Um, I'm so proud of myself. I bought myself a Kindle um, this new year and it helped me like get back into reading. And I, I, I read a lot this, um, sorry, I'm Googling uh, Midnight Library. Who's the author? Um, it's by uh, Matt Haig, I think, H-A-I-G. Um, it was a weird book. It started like really hard. I, I wasn't like getting to the plot, but by the end, it left me with such an like warm feeling inside. I would compare it to the movie uh, One Plus One Untouchables. I think it was French movie or something. It was about a um, uh, paralytic guy and like he's like nurse or whatever. It just, when I, every time I watch this movie, I feel like so much like, I don't know, will to leave and like do more and it's just like so such an encouraging feeling and this book was pretty much the same to me like i closed it and like i can do everything like i can conquer the world and it was like such a great like post um after taste after the book so definitely this is the book that comes to my mind sorry i, I trailed it. off like to the movie and all this stuff sorry <laughs> i love it it's on my list so now i feel like really inspired to go and read it <laughs> Oh, yeah. Let me know what you think about it. I will. Okay. Last question, I promise. What do you do on an airplane? Like some people sleep, some people, like I clear out my photos. What What is your thing that you do on airplanes? Yes. OCD person here. I do clear my photos. Um, just delete all the like bad shots because usually like one, one good shot on Instagram usually takes like 150 bad shots that I don't like. And usually I don't have time in the moment like to clear through them. So definitely on the airplane, I'm always like deleting the photos. And uh, lately I've been um, kind of multitasking. I do audiobook and then I, like I go through my camera roll and just delete all the photos. Uh, when I'm super bored, I do free sell and just like, you know, on the old Windows computer, <laughs> just playing cards uh, just to kill time. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much. It was so much fun hearing your story and getting to chat with you. Um, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so honored that I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your time, for all the questions. I absolutely loved it. There you go, guys. There was the episode for the week. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed creating it for you. Olya is one of the sweetest humans I know, and if you are looking for aesthetic feeds and just some funny stories, go give her a follow. I will link all her socials in the show notes. As always, I like to end this show with a quote, and after all of the hardness that has happened in the last week, um, this quote is by Rabbi Moshi Davis. 
A candle is a small thing, but one candle can light another and see how its own light increases. As a candle gives its flame to the other, you are such a light. I know that the world is dark and heavy sometimes, but all we can do is give a little kindness to each other. So I hope that you hug your loved ones a little tighter this week and smile at people. Give people something to feel good about. Um, That's all I have for you all. If you are enjoying this episode, please go rate it, share it with a friend, give it a review, send me a message, let me know what you want to talk about, who you want to see on the show. Love to hear it. Um... Next week's episode, it will be about Scorpio season. So everything you need to know, what is going to be coming up for you personally based on your signs, all that good jazz. So have a great, wonderful, magical, beautiful week. And please remember to look within. Thank you.